This is a Federal News Network podcast. The United Service Organization, or the USO, has been entertaining and comforting troops for decades. But in the world of COVID-19, coronavirus, the armed services can't pack troops into concert venues. Troops can't mingle with USO people. For how the USO is adapting, Federal News Network Scott Mossioni spoke to its chief operating officer, Alan Rays. Our mission at the USO, obviously, is to strengthen our service members through connecting them to their family, home, and country. And so a lot of that has a lot of physical connection. And so that's been a challenge for us, right? You think about the work that we do, to your point, we serve members through our network of USO centers, 230-plus around the world. We have our entertainment tours and programs that we deliver also around the globe. Uh, Many of those centers are at airport centers as well, at airports around the continental U.S., and so it's been a challenge for us. I think the first and foremost thing we want to do is make sure that we are doing our part to keep everyone, thats whether they're our military service members and their families, they're our own USO volunteers or USO staff members, safe and healthy and trying to do our part society-wise to be able to end the the outbreak and the growth of the COVID-19. So some of the things that we're doing is, you know, obviously we're we're following closely the guidance of the military leadership and the civic and airport authorities, making sure that we're uh, providing services that we can in a safe way. So a lot of our centers, we've reduced our operations where we're not hosting large gatherings of folks in the centers. We're trying to drive more digital programming, and we're trying to push programs and services to uh, folks like quarantine troops that might need some support if they're going to be isolated uh, for a couple weeks at a time. Tell me a little bit about these digital offerings. Is that just a Netflix subscription, or is it something where artists will play a show that doesn't have an audience, and you just stream that live to some of the troops? Some of the things that we do uh, at the USO programs we offer will be traditional programs where we're face-to-face with either, you know, an entertainer or perhaps someone that's a guest speaker on helping military spouses, you know, support each other or, or, or strengthen their networks, or maybe someone that's helping a transitioning uh, group of service members learn how to use LinkedIn, as a for instance, right? So a lot of those programs are face-to-face. We hold them in our centers or on installations, and we're moving a lot of those, and we've already started moving a lot of those to digital offerings so that we can be able to provide those services and those programs through, uh, you know, Facebook Live or other digital means. We're in discussions now. I can't tell you that we have anything specific yet, but we're talking now to the entertainment sector, talking to specific uh, entertainers about rather than throwing a concert or doing a concert with, in front of a large gathering of people, how about we do sort of a more intimate, you know, meet and greet virtually over a, uh, over a webcam or a, of, over a video conference. So we're trying to find ways, again, to connect those service members and their families to things and people that they love, uh, but do it in a digital way, particularly during the COVID-19 outbreak. What are some of the unexpected challenges that you're dealing with? You obviously mentioned quarantine beforehand, but there's other things that people haven't really expected. There's troops that are guarding areas and patrolling areas longer than usual that are out there in the the elements uh, more than they would be. What are you doing for them? It varies from place to place, right? So at the end of the day, you think about the installation and their needs depends on how they're responding to the coronavirus outbreak. As you mentioned, we have some of the uh, the watchstanders, military folks that are standing longer watches or, or more difficult watches because they're trying to help provide more security or perhaps be, are some of the responders providing some of the medical support. So we're pro- providing our teams, our staff members, or instead of having people come to the centers, we're going to them. We're providing them things as simple as a comfort as, you know, hey, here's some snacks. Here might be some health uh, and uh, health and comfort items that you might need yourself. 
itself. So we're trying to you know do that part of our business where we're providing sort of the care packages and, and the the comfort going to them while where they're where they're either providing the, uh, executing their duties or perhaps where again where they're whether there are quarantine troops that might be sitting in a, in a barracks somewhere. So we're trying to make sure, again, to bring that USO goodness to them as opposed to them having to come to us. What about supply-wise? We're all thinking about germs and where they're coming from. How are you ensuring that your supply chains are safe for consumption and that you have the right supplies? You think about the things that we need and the people that we need to support our mission. And we certainly are seeing some of those impacts. Uh, for instance, one of the reasons we thought it was prudent for us to go ahead and start reducing our operations at the airports was many of our volunteers uh, are, you know, retirees, and they are certainly in the high-risk population. So we wanted to make sure to provide uh, a level of safety there, and, and it created some compromises for us in terms of the, the staff resources and the capacity we have to, to deliver our mission at those centers. So that's been a bit of a challenge. Luckily, our supply chain, you know, we do have long lead items that we source uh from lots of parts of the U.S. and overseas, and we've been lucky that we were really on the front end of our, or really the back end of our, our supply chain cycle. So we're, we're feeling pretty good about it. We want, like the rest of the society, just need to keep an eye on how the supply chains continue to catch up to demand, and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll adjust our stocks and our inventory requirements accordingly. And part of your mission isn't just the service, it's also the families, the children and spouses. How are you keeping them in mind, and are you doing anything for them during this time? Families are a, a big part of who we serve at the USO. Uh, one of the things we're doing today, and again, this is a great demonstration of how our local center leadership uh, is connected very closely to the to the military community. Like a lot of other Americans, our military families are seeing their kids stay home from school for weeks and months at a time. So we're taking the opportunity to create these what we're calling spring break uh, comfort kits, so spring break care packages. And so that we're bringing the uh, stuff home to the family so they have games, food, snacks, things that they can provide to, to help kind of ease that, that stressful situation when they're all going to be home in a long, long time. So that's one of the ways that we're supporting uh, military families. And again, our military spouses, you think about the, the stress that they're going through right now, particularly as a lot of these families are having to hold on moves around the country and around the globe, creating a lot of downstream impacts on them. We're bringing together our spouses through our digital spouse network, and instead of having to meet face-to-face inside a center, we're giving them a digital means to connect with each other, stay in touch, and hopefully keep each other supported and supporting um, not only themselves but their families as well. What are you going to be keeping your eye on as things start to develop and change throughout this situation? I think like the rest of our society and our economy, we're going to keep an eye on how the uh, outbreak continues to grow, particularly here in the continental U.S. We want to make sure that we're doing our part to keep the keep the uh, spread as low as possible. I think we were talking about flattening the curve a lot in the in the news today and from our our, our uh, um, leadership in the in the in health providers. So we're going to continue doing doing that. I think as it relates to our products and our programs and the way that we serve the military community, we're going to keep trying to look for these digital means and means that aren't going to create a whole lot of large gatherings until we start seeing those other signs of the greater uh, you know our ability as a society to kind of combat the, uh, the outbreak. So we'll keep we'll keep our eyes on that. Uh, our promise will always be to serve our service members and their families as best as we can, but we want to do it in about in as safe and effective way as possible. Alan Ray's USO Chief Operating Officer speaking with Federal News Network's Scott Mossioni. Check out Scott's story at federalnewsnetwork.com. 
Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.